You are now tuned into the Wake the Flock Up Network. This old-time radio program was originally aired live, long before the advent of high fidelity. As a result, you may detect an occasional surface noise or volume drop due to transmission problems so common to old radio. We hope, however, that any variance in audio quality will not take away from your pleasure in listening to this, one of the all-time favorite shows. This is as close as I'm gonna get. It. <laughs> That's pretty close. Is uh, it good? Yeah, it's pretty good. You're doing. It's good. Okay. Three, two, welcome back to the show. You are now listening to. I don't know why I took a breath. That's the first time I ever interrupted myself in the middle of my intro. You are now listening to Wake the Flock Up with Concert Seven One Four. Beautiful California day, isn't it? Isn't it gorgeous? It's, it's, we, it's why we have such high taxes. You know what I'm saying? It's true. Santa Monica. I just came from Santa Monica. Mm-hmm. It is gorgeous there. It's probably about 75 degrees and sunny and lovely. Mm-hmm. And uh, You're an outdoor person, obviously, right? An like, outdoor person? Yeah. You like you enjoy being outdoors? Um, Yeah, I do. Do I, you? I like, I like hiking. Uh-huh. I like outdoor sports. Yeah. I like snowboarding. Do you, do you like crowds? Do I like crowds? No, I do not like crowds. Okay. I'm actually very uh, uncomfortable around people in general, mm-hmm. and so uh, uh, crowds, crowds, and uh, people freak me out. Oh, is that? Yeah, I get a little uh, too much. Too many people. It's too much to keep track of. So I'm the dude that won't. That when I sit at a restaurant, I have to look at the front door. I like to have my back against the wall at all times. Yeah. I don't like to I don't like to be sitting out in the open with the place that I'm at, my back to it. <laughs> sure, that and that's the same thing as like uh even like so like when there's too many people to keep track of, I tend to get over like I, I just, exert all my senses because I'm trying to keep track of what everyone's saying or this, look like and it's just like so for me it's a martial arts thing uh-huh. where I'm like highly alert to my surroundings at mm-hmm. all times which uh which discipline is it so I am a black belt in wushu which uh-huh. is kung fu uh-huh. um I I've trained in other forms as well but I've settled on that one mm-hmm. and so it's basically like what you see in in movies um my teacher uh, Hu Jianqiang is from China, and if you've ever watched like any of the Shaolin Temple movies, I don't know if you like martial arts movies. Uh, <laughs> some I, people do, some people don't. I don't know. Absolutely, yeah, I love him. Yeah. So he, he, you can actually see him like fighting Jet Li in the Shaolin Temple movies. He's so he knows his stuff. He's real. He's he's amazing. amazing. He's okay. my dad. He's my wushu dad. So. How, how do we get involved in someone like that? You go take classes, lots of classes. Mm-hmm. Um, before the pandemic, I was training uh, pretty much about. 
five to six days a week, sometimes twice a day. Yeah. And then during the pandemic, everything shut down. Sure. And so I didn't do anything. Yeah. I actually taught like one class, one Saturday, one really sad Saturday morning class uh, from my living room mm-hmm. during the pandemic. I would teach every Saturday, but you can't do, I do weapons. So you can't do like s- staff, sword, a spear like in your living room I mean my not my living room anyways yeah um, but but yeah so I would try to like teach people online because I needed to work out and I called it Gen Kwando Gen Kwando I love that <laughs> my my advertisement was actually uh, I reenacted the Rex Kwando scene from Napoleon Dynamite nice and uh, that was my advertisement and I was actually genuinely trying to work out and I had people working out with me mm-hmm. but um, now that I'm back training uh, it's challenging because you, and this is true of all disciplines, going back to them after a year and a half hiatus, is you, your body and mind thinks you can do it. Like, I know it's in there and I think I can do these forms, but then physically when I go to do it, my muscles aren't quite where they used to be or my flexibility isn't where it used, where it mm. used to be. So it's going to take me a solid, I think, six months to get back to back in shape, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. So the spirit is willing yeah, like I'll go to do something sure. and I'll put this like massive energy yeah. into it. And, and then, then I, <gasps> like the other day, I just kept hitting myself in the head. I had, I was doing staff and I just, I literally bonked myself in the ear and the head and then it was like, I got to the point where I was like, I feel like I'm never going to be able to do this again. Sure. So that's kind of where I'm at with, and I cut myself with my sword. Yeah, I've, I've been, I've been struggling right now. But this weapons. is, this is the, the, the lifestyle of, of Californians. Like this is what we do. We like take taekwondo classes and fucking do we no well i don't know if that's a california thing because i grew up here and i don't know anyone else what i mean is we 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 have the liberty and we have the access to do a lot of things that we do some people most people in the country don't just off of geography alone like uh where we're located like right now where we're located we're like 30 minutes from any activity you really want to do what do you want to do you want to go to the beach it's true i grew up i grew up snowboarding right i was a competitive snowboarder Mm -hmm. all through high school yeah like big bear right uh yeah so i would start my day uh at school and i'd go to class till about 10 Mm a.m i was like 16 years old so i go to class like 10 a.m then i'd get my car drive two hours to snow summit i would train Mm -hmm. for till about 6 p.m when they closed get back in my car drive back down to dance class Mm -hmm. at like eight or nine Mm -hmm. and so like i i grew up like on the beach near the beach so i would see the beach in the morning see the mountains in the afternoon Mm -hmm. and then come back and again very strange existence i don't think that's necessarily normal for kids anywhere in southern Mm -hmm. california but for me it was like uh I would go to the mountains like it was just I need to go train right mm-hmm. so I would just drive two hours train and drive home two hours mm-hmm. I didn't think anything of driving four hours in a day of mm-hmm. being a big deal right so it's kind of it but again and also just like by yourself right yeah. I was like 16 and I would go by myself like a lot of times I would before I could drive I would scrounge rides mm-hmm. so I was uh, like 14 15 and I would just be scrounging rides from the scroungiest humans no but like uh luckily <laughs> nothing happened to me knock on wood but you do but, you actually hitchhiked no i didn't oh i i hitchhiked not to the mountains but i did hitchhike as a kid but but like i actually would like as uh, a kid <laughs> as, sorry mom no okay so uh-oh. to clarify i would get rides to the mountains with people uh and I would literally take any ride. Like I would be like scrounged in the back seat, like curled in a ball on the floor to make it to the mountains to train. But fun story. I'm envisioning a uh, 14. What is it? 16. 
I was 16, yeah. Okay, yeah. 16 well, when year old. I, yeah, when I would hitchhike to... <laughs> and then, like, and then, you know how dangerous... Like, oh, yeah, I'm lucky nothing happened. Not wow. going. Nothing happened. Yeah. I'm good. I'm good. Okay. But, but, uh, but then, so also, um, I started taking, like, the bus for, like, you know, like, public transportation when I was pretty young. But there was also... This is great. I lived on a peninsula, so there was, like, all the way... Uh, down like there's a one one in one road in one road out scenario right so sorry mom I'm, my mom's not listening to this but but I, there was a pizza hut down mm-hmm. the street mm-hmm. so to get off the peninsula which is like you know three miles probably yeah. i would stand outside the pizza hut place and ask the driver where they were dropping the pizza and then they'd pull around the side and i jump in the back of the car and they would drive me and my friends to where we needed to go yeah yeah, if I was writing a murder horror story, like, it's, that's exactly it's how it's every Dateline episode I just described. <laughs> it would, it would I'm, literally. I'm lucky alive. <laughs> I'm lucky I'm alive. But let, let's rewind a little bit. Let's rewind a little bit. Go ahead and introduce yourself so people can get an yeah, idea. Yeah, we didn't say my name. My name is Jenny Jones. <laughs> I am Jenny Jones. Nice to meet you. Uh, a professional hit, hit test, okay, That's so right. That's the only reason she's here. Uber right? didn't exist back then. <laughs> she, uh, Uber, which is a very interesting idea to put your your complete trust in strangers, but. Um, it's panned out for them pretty well. So yeah, thank God I mean, for Uber, it changed the world. And you know? there, you know, and <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, if Uber, if Uber or Lyft existed when I was a teenager, yeah. I, I probably would have gotten a lot more trouble. Sure, but, but yeah, but I did like. Um, so so let, let let let's let's rewind. Uh, um, where do we get this busybody mentality that you have? Because that like that one thing I was telling the guys as as I was setting up, I'm like Jenny is she's busy. Like there's there's never like a day where there's not like a hundred things you're doing or going on or there's a, a flyer for this or a flyer for that or an award for this or something and and that's what I love and that's why I was like you know what this is a perfect time to get her in here uh, figure out where she get this mortar from and maybe people can be inspired by it yes. because it is a very even as a young one you're like oh I was fucking driving to this yeah, and then yeah. I was driving like where did we get this mentality to keep moving so I um I grew up in a really big family. Uh, there were five of us growing up in the same house. I'm one of eight. And when when you're in a big family like that, and my parents, to be clear, have always been very supportive of everything that all of us do. But w- when you're in a big family like that, you have to be self-motivated and you have to keep your own schedule and you have to exert yourself in terms of what you want to do in terms of your extracurricular activities like no one ever pushed me to go do things my mom would make suggestions like do you want to try this you know whatever but like no one ever said like hey we think you should go snowboarding because this is going to be like a good idea for your schedule or whatever like it was really like a um uh a self-motivated i've always been this way though like when i was a little kid i Mm. I, like independently went to my parents and was like i want to take gymnastics class and Mm -hmm. it's like why Mm -hmm. because i want to take gymnastics class you know i think there's always been a part of me um from a very early age that's been uh that's been connected to the practice the idea of practice or training or learning like I have an insatiable appetite to learn things Mm -hmm. and that includes like skills art forms Mm -hmm. you know things like that but also like once I start something if I really like it I I go in on it you know I'm not a dabbler I don't Mm -hmm. dabble like if I do something and it's kind of fun I'm out right if I do something and I kind of like it 
I'm out. It's just not my thing, right? I'm not person. I'm not a person who's going to join something socially for fun. Yeah. I'm like. I'm like, this is something I do. I'm going all in to push myself to the limit of what is my limit in mm-hmm. this thing, mm-hmm. right? What is my limit as a snowboarder or as a dancer or martial artist or as an MC even? Like, what is my limit? You said you grew up in a big family. Were the other ones busy also? Were they, were they, are they the same or are they more like... I think everyone in their own, I think everyone in their own way, um, follows their passion, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. um, like I said, my parents would just logistically, uh, for example, my first job, I was like 10 and I was a dancer and I got hired to do the Joffrey Nutcracker for a season. So my first job was dancing in front of 3000 people, uh, either at the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion downtown or the Orange County Performing Arts Center, both like massive venues. Yeah. Should I keep talking? Okay. Yeah. So I, I, so, you know, I spent a whole season doing that and I would have to leave school, get out of school, um, go up to LA for all my rehearsals on the weekends. You know, I would have to figure out like either if my parents could drive me, if a friend could take me or whatever, you know, and then also like I would go to school in the morning, get out of school early. My Mm -hmm. aunt would take me on the train. We'd go to the theater, go backstage. I'd be doing my homework during this. And again, it was always about like managing school, which I would always say I always I always consider that my job, like going to school. Sure. But then also like, how do you manage um, the thing that you're passionate about outside of that? So from a very young age, I've always had that time management. Like, but you're skipping over a few things which are important to okay. point out, which are yeah. how do we find out? what we're interested in at that you try shit at that young age you try stuff and and you try stuff because i tried a lot of things that never stuck i played i played like peewee soccer i didn't enjoy that i did cartwheels in the end of the field the whole time i tried gymnastics um there came a point where like it got too dangerous so i stopped doing that Uh you know um there's a lot of things that i tried that like never stuck uh i was ice skating for a couple years that was you know that never really stuck um, and again, these are all just like things that, you know, I would do for like, you know, as, as an extracurricular activity through school or whatever. And you maintained your grades through all this? Yeah, I, I was always I was always about an A student, you know, A's, maybe was that occasional easy? B's. Was all those easy A's or was, those, was that with a lot um, I mean, did you treat school like you treated everything? Where like, I'm going to go 100%? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I was the kind of kid who, like, if the teacher, like, if I went to school and the teacher, if I, if I got a B on a paper, yeah. I'd take the paper in and be like... I'd be like, why, um, you know, can you explain to me, like, why this is not an A? Or, like, if I was a little kid, like, it, when I was in college, You for took example, your grades personally. I took my, yeah, like, when I was in college, yeah. I would turn in my work early so that I could get pre-graded so I could redo it to get an A. <clears throat> it's, I feel you. Re- it's nerdy. I, it's like a next level nerd thing. Yeah, it's a next but, level but nerd what thing. What people talk and describe as nerdy or, or weird is really more mature for your age than you're supposed to be. That is a very mature and very like, um, you're looking at the future and you're like, I don't want to end up this. Let me add, add, add as a youth, which is almost impossible. Almost no youth have the self-awareness to like look into the future and be like, oh, this decision might yeah. not work three down that's, the line. That's, that's literally the human that I am like yeah. from a very young age. Mm-hmm. And again, like it's not even something that I think, um, you know, that I think that like happened in high school. Yeah. Like when I look back at even just me as a kid, mm-hmm. like I was a weird kid who just like was really self-motivated, self-driven, self-aware. Mm-hmm. Um, the self-awareness as a kid, I think, Really self-aware as a kid. Can go one, 
can go a number of ways. For me, when I became aware that I was gonna die one day, like I was, yes. st- I still remember that feeling. Yes, and I still, c- I can see like my life, uh, uh, forking off to the- once I realized like I, I didn't. I didn't view life the same anymore. Like once it, it yes. dawned on me, like, hey, one day you're not going to be here. And I think I was like 15 or 16 when it really like, it was like a like a sheet lifted over me, and I was like, oh, hold on, this is temporary. This is yeah, this is I momentary. Think- this is not long lasting. So your decisions do and will affect yeah. the future of what you do. So what are you doing? And I remember once that happened. It was like, oh, okay. Well, then, who am I? And then, what am I? Because now those questions seem important. Once you realize you're not here forever, now the question of what am I here to do and who am I seem more uh, immediate. To, at least to me, that's the way that I view life. It was like, okay, well, where are we doing? Like, like what's happening? Okay, what am I here for? Like, they, oh, so it opened up my mind to all these different avenues of of seeing life, right? Well, I think I think like also. Um I've always been very acutely aware of my existence and of time and of death. And I've always had this very like acute existential anxiety mm. is the only way that I can describe it mm-hmm. where I'm very like aware of the ticking of time. And this is something when I look back at even just like weird lyrics or poetry I wrote at like age, you know, 13, 14, I was writing about this as as something that I was fascinated by mm. of just, you know, why are humans here? What are humans doing? Yeah. Um, I think as an artist, like, I think I've always been driven towards the arts or pulled towards the arts because to me, art is always answering the question of what makes humans human and why are humans here and what are the humans doing? And on a good day, like, art just makes us more human. It's it's ultimately the only way you're going to find the answer. Like, besides a scientific... Right. Right. The, yeah, the, o- the only yeah. other place you're going to find the answer to what are humans is going to be through art. Right. And I think like with with um, like, for example, like I always it's not like I was always like the kind of student that just always did arts. Like I um, I loved science. Like there's some other alternate version of me that became a doctor or something. Mm-hmm. But like even in high school, like I took like I took AP bio, AP chem, AP physics like for fun because like I finished the other classes and I really just like enjoyed learning these things Mm -hmm. they had nothing to do with what I was going to major in but like I really just like liked school like I loved school if I could be in school for the rest of my life and just be like taking classes in academia then like I'd probably be a happy person doing that too Mm -hmm. because I feel like I would be you know uh, just learning like I love learning things I I didn't uh, when you go to school, they, they, it's not clear of what the purpose is for school. No, and I think that's no. that's a hard thing to translate to a kid because when you're when you're when he's generally asking you, "Hey, you know, what, what the fuck's going on?" You're like, "Listen, I don't know." Literally, you will never multiply fractions by you equations, and you wouldn't you won't do none of this shit. Yeah, but it's not it's not that's not important. It's important that it's teaching you to think. Yes, and ultimately, that's what's beneficial from the assignments and the work. I, Viewing now as an adult, viewing the way that education, that or the way that I digested education, now I digest it as give me more because I want to know more facts. Right, right. Like, oh, this is not this this. And look, right. it's fucking awesome documentaries. I'll sit there and I'll just, you know, do, you this know, has do. been my gripe. Like, <laughs> okay, I'm not gonna say it's not a gripe. It's just something that I think about a lot. Is that like the purpose of school is to is to teach you how to learn, right? And I really do believe any human being can learn how to do anything. Yeah, any human 
can learn how to do anything. Think of how empowering that is. You can, as there, I'm going to test it right now. Okay. What can't you learn how to do? I feel, yes, I understand. Just, what just answer. What, what can't oh, you learn know, how to do? Like, you know, like uh, uh, mathematical equations and stuff. Why like that. can't you learn how to do mathematical equations? I don't have the brain for it. No, <laughs> you have the brain for okay, it. it. You just have to yeah. apply yourself uh-huh. at a very high level, very high probably level. working harder than some people who have, quote unquote, the brain for it. Right. See, I don't buy into that BS. Yeah. I think people, when they say these things like, I don't have the XYZ to do this, yeah. it's an excuse. Uh-huh. It's one that was either fed to them by someone else or one that they've adopted to make up for the fact that they never mastered the thing Generally, or i think it's the interest i also don't have the interest and, to do and it. it's also and, the and there's people that might have to be like that's what they want to figure is, this shit out i'm like nah. but uh, but again that doesn't mean that you can't learn how to sure, do it it sure. just means you've chosen not to learn how to do <laughs> yeah. it and i think when people limit themselves and say like i can't learn how to do this because of xyz yeah. not only are you like limiting yourself but you're also limiting other human beings by putting that out into the universe. You should just say, I never chose to study math. Not I'm not good at math, right? Mm-hmm. Not I'm not good at, when people say I can't make art, I'm not an artist. I'm like, no, mm-hmm. you're choosing not to make art. You could make art, you just are choosing not to. But see, but it, I don't think it translates to art. I don't think everyone can do any everything. Everybody in can art. learn how to make art because no, uh, because there's th- here's the thing: most people don't study art. Many artists are out there just doing their thing without ever actually studying the thing that they're doing. Yeah. But if you want to learn how to, for example, I'm a filmmaker, right? Yeah. So I went to I have a master's degree in filmmaking. When I started that path. I didn't know anything about films. I didn't know anything about filmmaking. Mm-hmm. I actually, I, I would rate my level of interest in films as probably like a Pass. 65%. <laughs> yeah, like I like movies, sure. you know? Who does? But, but I had to actually learn from beginning to end, yeah. like how you make a movie. Mm-hmm. I didn't just sit there and say like, you know, the craft is only, the craft is part of the art. So a lot of times I think people mistake art and artistry and craft Mm -hmm. art is just channeling the art form or the craft is all learnable Mm -hmm. like you could learn any art form you could learn how to paint you could learn how to sketch you could learn how to you know there's any any number you could learn how to make jewelry you could i'm guaranteed you could learn any art form you want to learn Mm -hmm. it's just that people start down a path and maybe like the first class they have a bad experience or maybe they don't like it or maybe it's too financially challenging you know there's any number of reasons why you don't go down the path but to say that you can't learn how to do it Mm -hmm. is categorically not true Mm -hmm. and i'm living proof of that like i am living proof of that in so many different ways that i do things that i am not proficient at at all Mm -hmm. and i would say that it takes me sometimes 10 times longer to learn certain things or 10 times longer to do something than someone maybe who's more flexible or more you know more in shape or more you know well not to be argumentative but i don't think it's an argument i'm just (laughs) i'm just saying how i see the world this is how i see the world if that's how you see it it's it's beautiful but i would argue that you don't want to take away also from those that have a calling and those that um are almost chosen by art and by the universe to speak out in that way so um, we but, how, we, but but I would but I would question. Um, there, there's the the idea of practice. You can learn how to paint. 
Sure, you knew how to paint, as in the strokes and the colors and the blends. One hundred percent. But when the but the the line that you that not everyone can cross is the line of inspiration, and the line of um, being able to visualize that and translate it. And I think that is when you start to go into people that are genuinely chosen or have a unique ability that others might not be have. Not not that they're better or worse, but there are people that are uniquely better or better. But I think that also, I think that like also, you know, you don't. I'm saying you don't want to rob those people of that. I don't think anyone's. I don't think by saying anyone can learn to do that. It's like anyone can learn to do anything. You know, it's why like you know as a filmmaker, right? Like so, for example, I have, you know. I have extensive training as a filmmaker. I have, yeah. you know, decades of experience in the film industry. I've won awards, whatever. I have films out there. Mm-hmm. That would be like me saying that some kid who picks up an iPhone and shoots something is somehow less qualified or less proficient or less uh, worthy of making art, right? Like. I, I firmly believe that one of the things that holds back art forms a lot of times and holds back the growth of art forms is the gatekeeping or elitist attitude of people who suffered to get where they are and suffered so greatly that they wear it as a badge of honor that mm. they want to somehow shut out people who mm. are naturally gifted, proficient, like you're saying, and who just do the thing for the love. Mm-hmm. Like there's a difference between making a movie, you know, at a certain level and then shooting something and putting it on YouTube. Mm. But it's the audience and it's the reception of it. It's it's other human beings reception and perception of it that dictates like how much money it makes and what its value is. But in terms of the act of creation, they're just as valid. Mm. You know, Steven Spielberg sitting there coming up with an idea is just as valid as mine, is just as valid as, you know, a teenager who picks up a phone and says, I'm going to shoot my friends. They have the same amount of worth, but um, execution ultimately is a part of art, is a part of what you're designing. I mean, you could be just as talented. If you're not practicing, you're not going to get any better at it, even though you might be physically able to do it. But it's the dawning, it's the calling, it's the tap on the shoulder, it's the the way I see it is the antenna when hip hop calls to blank people, and it's 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 the, the it's the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. It's it's gorgeous because I'll see kids from Minneapolis, right? Who 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 you know yourself, you would never know it. And then but hip hop is alive. It's radiating never. out of them. It's never. chosen out of yeah. them. You can't say that everyone can receive hip hop, and, and you know what I'm saying. Like there is. I'm very, I'm very lateral, lateral when it comes to arguments or discussions or thoughts, ideas. I don't even consider this an argument because I think we're saying the same thing. Yeah, we are. Yeah, because well, I think that I think that what we're saying is that you know, everybody. My the only difference is I truly think everybody can can learn how to do anything. Mm-hmm. I do think you can learn how to do anything. Now, you learning how to do it doesn't mean you're going to make money at it. It doesn't mean you're going to be very good at it. Sure, it doesn't mean people are going to s- want to put you on a stage and watch you do it, mm-hmm. right? Like, there's plenty of people who take dance class, for example. Like, I've, been, I've danced my entire life, right? Mm-hmm. I've done the same dances for decades, right? Okay, so I've seen every version of a dance class. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of people who, um, like me, have done it for a long time. And then you go to do a dance, maybe in a company, right? And then maybe you're dancing alongside someone who's only done it for two years. You're doing the same dance and you're on the same stage. Their presence there to me doesn't diminish my work or my calling. If anything, it shows me that, wow, all this work that I had to put in to get here next to this person who's only done it for two years shows me that, wow, 
like I really applied myself because I didn't necessarily belong here decades ago or last year or two years ago whatever. and now I'm here with this person who has this natural just ability to be here they're just here like this god put them here within two years you know god god said to me 20 years you know or whatever yeah so like they're i don't i don't i don't look at my art or ability in relationship to other people i think that's like the biggest mistake you can make as an artist like nobody out there is on my journey unless your name is jenny jones and you look and sound like me and you have my voice and you're sitting here with you right unless unless you're in this room with us so all the multiverse jenny's though they, they they apply here yeah okay they, they, can, be they, here. they can say this but no one else okay. yeah literally like you're like um and i think that like when you're talking about the calling thing like i do think people are anointed and called to do things yeah. but i also believe in divine timing and i think that you know someone can be called to do something at a stage in their life that does not seem obvious or normal right like there's people who like suddenly you know out of nowhere show up and do things and that's their testimony because you don't know where they were until they got there mm-hmm. right so maybe they were working for 30 years in secret to do this thing uh someone once told me that in in a in a, a it was a radio host who told me uh oh yeah bro like yeah i, I i'm an overnight sensation it only took 10 years exactly exactly <laughs> and like people people look at me sometimes yeah. i think and you know you've you've been around the the hip-hop scene a lot longer than i have Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. but like i think people sometimes look at me as if like i just like showed up or something like Mm -hmm. that you know Mm -hmm. and in many ways i did just show up Mm -hmm. but it's not like i just showed up without you know like i just got dropped on the planet earth Mm -hmm. like that's not how life works Mm -hmm. right so i think that you know but the tears that you've reached is not you've reached different tiers now and and it's important yes, to, to, yes, to yes. break down that it is a process to get it to is a point a process. of recognition from Absolutely. your fellow peers and, and and no matter what art form or what you're in the, the recognition from your peers is not only seeked it's important to have because it also shows you you're on the right path and yes you're, and you're and you're walking with good with the, with a good crowd so like yes. look who's to your left and who's to your right is this where you want to be yes. no or yes or no yes exactly okay. yeah. exactly so, exactly so it is important to, to recognize oh well i've reached these tiers of now oh constantly cares about this and now you think blank cares about yes. it. now i'm rocking with this guy yes before that wasn't maybe all those opportunities were in there because you hadn't earned your way up to those levels. well and i don't even look at it as earning my way up to levels like i don't look at it as levels necessarily yeah. i look at it as more like i i have already in my mind exceeded all expectations of what I've ever contemplated or thought I would do musically. Yeah. I've all like truthfully, yeah. I am living a dream right now. I have fun. This is like a dream. This is like a dream. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. There it's very um I don't know what's coming next because there's no set like direct thought that come well, here's I can't say you're gonna start a sentence and it's gonna end about the same you know the same energy, like the same it. thoughts, or the same. You're always you always curving a left, like a, a space dragon. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you, absolutely. Because it was like, um, not also not just be oh, the thing about when you hear music, like most music handed to me, or whatever. I'm accustomed to that to the same sound that'll be delivered. Yep. Like this yep. is not that. Nope. The, the, the space dragon was very is very genuine and very. 
revealing of you. It's like a very, it's very. I don't say it's your brave, but it's a brave way to like say, hey, this is my style, and then like so, deliver so a whole track. Here's in the it. funny thing: is I so I got invited by NASA to go to a rocket launch in Florida, mm-hmm. and as I, pe- as one does. Well, I applied. So here's the funny thing: I just applied, and I said very simply, I'm a rapper, and I like to experience the launch and maybe write some music. Get the fuck out of here. And I was like, kind of, I'm not even, I had like a glass of wine when I wrote this email. So I was like, that sounds good. You, you got know? the biggest balls. So I sent of, it off. Of an artist that I've met in and a I went, long time, Jenny. I went to Florida <laughs> and we go around the room to introduce ourselves. And it was the Crew Dragon launch with SpaceX. And we go around the room to introduce ourselves. And it's like people who are like, next week I'm lobbying Congress about this. I mean, and then there's like people who are like, uh, like science journalists and like very serious science people yeah. around there, you know, going around the room. Yeah. And then it like gets to me and I just stand up and I'm just like, um, so I'm a rapper and uh, I want to make space jams. And everyone just like, yay! Like they, because I think there was something just so, um, for me about going to experience this as an artist that I was just like, I, I've never been to one of these. And, and, I, I feel like it's going to change something in me. And it did. It really, I spent like an, a whole week at adult space camp in Florida that all culminated in the rocket launch. I met a ton of beautiful friends um, and I wrote Space Dragon. Yeah. And when I wrote Space Dragon, so it's uh, it's called the Crew Dragon, what launched. And I all I kept thinking was Space Dragon the entire time I was there. And then all the the other the only other thing I kept thinking was like I'm gonna write this from the point of view of the space dragon, mm-hmm. and it's definitely from the valley because it's from Southern California, <laughs> and it's like I'm going to space, I'm yeah. going to space. So like it's funny because when I do the song, I really adopt like a different voice in it, yeah. which is just kind of like this laid back California mm-hmm. voice. And I shot a video I've shot at most NASA facilities, so that'll be coming out soon. But truthfully, I sent you I think a couple songs. I haven't recorded any music, so. Mm-hmm. I've been performing for the past several years and I have never recorded an album until like last week I started recording my album. So I have like an album your, your coming. Album. Yeah, like I have an album coming. Official first album. First official first album coming out. Nice. So all the tracks that I perform around town and I actually don't really perform Space Dragon that much. Yeah. I, I perform it when there's kids. Like I performed uh-huh. it for kids last weekend. Um, but I, I basically just started performing and never stopped. And so I would go to shows and I would be making beats during the week. I make a lot of my own beats. I'd be making beats during the week. And then I would just show up and do my new song. Mm-hmm. And then if it stuck, like that would just become part of my set. Oh. And then every week I would just be re-engineering my beats. Like if it didn't sound, you know, if I heard something while I was performing it. Mm-hmm. So when I went to go record, I basically dropped in all the tracks and just recorded it all in one take, the whole album. Dope. How so, long did it take? Two hours, less than two hours. Okay, and those are, that's already had you have the beats. Are I've already yours? recorded like the scratch vocals, mm-hmm. and so now we're going in and like fine tuning, mixing and mastering, and all. And that you'll good be doing stuff. that also. Um, I'm actually working. Um, I'm working with Mike Towns mm-hmm. right now. So shout out to Mike Towns. Uh, we'll see how the whole process goes. There's a couple beats like from other producers in there. We'll see. We'll see how it all okay. pans out. But I feel like oh. the sh- you general got a name sh- of, uh, for the album. No, I don't. Ooh. Yeah, that's my. That's my. Space Dragon is dope. Thank that's a you. solid name. That should be. I have a video for that that I yeah. have not put Dude, out. It's got to be trippy as fuck. It's real. It's it's <laughs> cool because I shot at um, JPL yeah. over in Pasadena. Yeah. I shot in Florida at the yeah. launch. Uh-huh. I've shot um, up up north. I've been to a couple different facilities now, yeah. but oh, um, 
but I I've hesitated to put the video out because mm-hmm. I'm re-recording that song for mm-hmm. my album. Mm-hmm. Like I'm re-recording the vocals and everything. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I want to wait till I have like the good version of the song to put it out. But. So like every other guest, there's very there's specific reasons why I wanted to have you on. Okay, uh, I've always been a big um, supporter of females in hip hop. I think that um, amen. They, it's an underviewed, underappreciated. Um, spectrum to God see hip hop through um you'll cuz you'll see it in a way that I'll never yep. get to see hip hop yep. and you'll have different struggles and different things in the way which will kind of uh which will mature you in different ways that I'll never get a chance to kind of grow and it's important to hear directly from the female if I feel because um there's a ma- enough mansplaining in society without <laughs> there is. without me going like, oh, you know, females feel this way about things. And there's no point in it. So I did want to have you in. And also, um, so let's start with that. Let's start with that. So I am happy to gensplain. Oh, you, this gensplains. Uh, I will this gens- gensplain, gensplain away. I will gensplain away. So you've uh, already talked about how you youth, you were very busy as a kid moving around and stuff. When did music or when did uh, this, this inspiration in particular make its way into your life? So... I've always been a fan of music, period. All music. Mm -hmm. Omnivorous. I love lyrics. Uh, As a kid, I would digest lyrics, like, from every which way they would come at me. Musicals. um, I grew up going to a lot of punk shows, right? Mm -hmm. Like, snowboarding culture, punk shows, hip-hop shows, Mm -hmm. underground stuff like that, Mm -hmm. mosh pits, you Mm -hmm. know? Just, like, I've always been one of those people that loves live Stuff I like being in it, like the energy yeah. of it, uh, and just feeling the the energy. So like, um, I've again, third grade. I can pinpoint that I made my best friend dress up like Run DMC and perform "It's Tricky" in the talent show. Uh, nice. Same friends also yeah. was always backup vocals on uh, Young MC's "Bust a Move." That's been my uh, karaoke rap song my entire life. Now, you would think those two things would be somewhat telling. However, I never saw myself as an MC or being an MC because I truthfully didn't think it was possible. I never thought that I personally could get on a mic or make music. Now, that's not to say I didn't have this seed in me or this dream in me or this, uh, you know, hairbrush in front of the mirror uh, alternate life throughout my life, right? It's not to say I wasn't constantly writing lyrics. there's no coincidence that like when I was in college, I was always studying poetry. I took a ton of advanced poetry classes, always writing poetry. Did we read a lot as a kid? Always read a lot. I was an English major. Mm. I double majored in English and theater directing. Very cool. Love literature. Yeah. Um, when I moved to New York and I was living there, um, I would go to the New York and Poets Cafe by myself all the time. Like every Friday night, I would like climb up in the rafters. I don't know if you've ever been there, but back then it was like... It was a scene, but you know, climb up in the rafters to see hip hop and spoken word and, and um, just see these amazing performers. Again, not thinking like I could go do this, but just thinking, wow, you know, just like this reverence for this thing sure. that people are doing. Yeah. Um, when I moved back, oh, this is an interesting story. When I moved back to LA, I, I, um, I've told the story a couple times. When I moved back to LA, I was in um, the baggage claim at Long Beach Airport and I was standing there and there was someone that had a lot of boxes like I thought they were camera cases and I was obsessed with cameras and things because I was going to film school at the time I was coming back to go film school so I asked them I said you know are you a filmmaker 
And there's no, I'm like, oh, I'm like, I just thought those were film cases. He goes, no, I'm a DJ. And I said, oh, you're a DJ. That's cool. Neat. And then, you know, he started talking. Our bags took forever. And then as they were leaving, he's like, you should come watch me work tonight. You should come check me out and see if, see how it works. Okay. And I distinctly remember like calling my mom on a payphone and being like, these people invited me. Should I go? And they said like, you know, bring friends. And I'm like, I don't have any friends, you know. <laughs> so I went. Sure. And I went backstage. They're like, come around to backstage. And spoiler, but I get backstage. I go in and the DJ who invited me to watch him work was DJ Premier. And <laughs> Guru was performing. And I walked into the green room and KRS One was there. Snoop, I think, was there at some point. And again, I had no connection to hip hop, right? I didn't know who yeah. they were. There wasn't the internet. I couldn't Google them. There you was no Instagram. To the I didn't know who they were. Like again, obviously I knew who the, the music once I heard the music, yeah. right? But we're talking an era of where you don't necessarily know what everybody looks like. Sure. Like, it's just yeah. not. <laughs> Listen. Yeah. And so, um, you know, without revealing my age, people can Google what they want and figure it out. But I remember um, I went and I stood on stage and... Um, Gangstar was performing and I just remember standing there and I wasn't moving. I was just feeling the music and I was looking out at this crowd and I was watching this, you know, expert God MC on the mic and him and and I remember just standing there and seeing this glimpse of like something and I don't know if you can call it like a God thing or whatever, mm -hmm. but God was just showing me this thing. Mm -hmm. He was just saying like, look at this, like, mm -hmm. look. You know, like everything you've ever tried to ignore about this is happening right now, right? And again, you would think that I would do something with that moment, but I didn't, you know, for a decade, whatever later, sure. you know? Yeah. But again, that was like, you know, there's been these, when I look back on my life, there's been these moments where someone has been pushing me over the edge to, to do this thing. And it wasn't until I um, really just did it that I understood what it was and what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And I put out the Tofu song. Um, I had kept trying to surround myself with people to try to make this song. I'd been hearing the song in my head for 10 years over and over again. I'd sing it in my car, I'd sing it in my car, I'd wrap my car, wrap my car. And I just couldn't find anyone to like help me, you know? And so I finally just did it myself. I made the beat, made the video, put it out, and thought, well, that will be the end of all of it. That'll just end it. Mm -hmm. And it didn't. It actually just like... It's the start. It was just the beginning, For right? Sure. Mm -hmm. And if you asked me in that moment if I'd get on a stage, I probably would have said, no, probably not, you mm -hmm. know? like. And so it wasn't until I was like on stage holding a microphone and actually doing it that I understood what I was doing, mm -hmm. that I was supposed to be doing this thing. No, I... And it is important to point out that once you do figure out and you start heading in the direction that I think um, it's not until you actually start walking down the path that God or life or whatever it is has set out for you. And then um, if you pay attention and, and the way that you'll know you're walking the path you're supposed to be walking, life will facilitate things down that road. And I'll give you an example of how I know this to be effect. I started off uh what as in in the hip-hop scene that you know in this one here as an mc like that was my thing i used to rap mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. and uh i was good 
was good. It was fun. I enjoyed myself. Uh, you know, rock shows, open up for blah, blah, blah. You do your thing. But then you reach a level that you're like, okay, well, I need to move or I need, I need to expand outside of Orange County or wherever you are at that moment. How do I get out there? Well, interviews, you know, like, um, you know, go hip hop shows. Who, who's got, you know, the, the audience? And I found it very difficult to find decent interviews, to find interviews that I was like interviewed in. Um, almost none, I got to say. Um, and it, so it, I saw a need for it. So then at that point, I had always been a fan of uh, talk radio. Uh, I grew up with um, a lot of reading. So I've always been a fan of language and verbiage and, and dictation and all that stuff. Um, and uh, I, I, a lot of reading and a lot of uh, alone time. So I, I, I read the entire Goosebumps series as a kid. I remember that. I'm very yes. proud of that. I don't know why. I love I brag about that. Like it, did but you, know, you liked R.L. Stein. Too. I love R.L. Stein. <laughs> yeah. he, he did that. So I read all that uh, as a fifth grader. So, yes. uh, yeah. So by the time I hit seventh grade, I was reading Shakespeare and Dante. I was reading all this other stuff. And the teachers were very impressed by my level of comprehension and, and, and uh, being able to like break down. Because there's one thing to be able to read it, but do you, comprehension is another important thing that you're you know you're judged on. And I, because of poetry, I, I understood the, the trick. The words aren't meant always the same thing. You know, like you have to kind of be in the. So it, 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 I had a very special filter where I was viewing all these things that the, these literature that they were giving me, and then uh, poetry came into there from that of course you know and then hip-hop which is a natural evolution to that so um i evolved and then you know you started growing up and you, you you pick up uh your mcs you pick up your styles you do your thing blah, blah blah but so i did have a lot of hard times finding comprehensive good interviews it even even eight years ago a hip-hop podcast was non-existent and if it was it was just a bunch it was basically a, a like a playlist and then you know be you know but they'd be like four songs in a row then the guy would talk and it'd just be that to like a one-on-one sit-down conversation in hip-hop it just it just didn't happen um so when i saw the need for that i said you know what i want to try that i want to give it a shot you know uh i can talk to people pretty good uh people seem to like me let's go ahead and get a conversation going and it fucking worked out great the first thing the first one went, went good uh amen it went great from there, it was only a matter of time before things snowballed out of my control in a good way. Yep. So, like, word yep. of mouth got detected. And uh, I remember our very first get, our very first big name was R.A. the Rugged Man, uh, legendary uh, uh, East Coast rapper. And it was like, oh, he's in town, but, you know, he is busy, blah, blah, blah. And, and that's when the hustle came through. All this, so that happened. And then from there, it was like Rocka from Dilated Peoples. And after that, it was like Planet Asia. And after that, it was you know, DJ River. It was just, it snowballed in a way to where I it, I could see that almost life going, all right, here you go. Yes. There it is. You finally, is that, finally, mean, when you stopped purpose. kicking the ground, you stopped yes. yelling. People want to say, I'm an MC, I'm a rapper. Uh, this is what I do. But they're never in the studio. Yep. They never really write. Yep. Are you a rapper? Is that what really what life has in tune for you? It's, it's exceedingly difficult for you to get to A from B. Bro, what is happening in between? Is this the path you're supposed to be walking? And what I tell you people is, once you realize the path, it'll go from A to B to C to D, B, and you won't even be able to keep up with it. Amen. And then it'll stare back at you and be like, are you about this? Because I'm fucking going. This is how I feel right <laughs> now. So I'm saying I haven't recorded an album, yeah. right? Yeah. I've performed probably more in the past several years mm -hmm. than most people perform ever. Mm -hmm. And it's because once I started doing it, 
I didn't struggle to do it. Yeah. It wasn't like I, I thought I would like I said, I thought I would put out the song and that would be the end of it. Mm-hmm. And then I casually made my way to a microphone. Yeah. And then I thought I actually planned like my first show and I was like, this is like my first and last show, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm gonna do this thing, I'm gonna invite all the friends and family out to watch me do my recital. Yeah. And then it's going to be the end of this thing and I can move on to other things in life. And it's like from that moment on, you know, I think in art, there's this, this is one of the biggest misconceptions or mistakes about art in general is that you're supposed to just keep banging your head against this wall till the door opens, right? You're just going to keep grinding, grinding, grinding yourself. But in reality, if you've been hitting your head against a wall for a long time, sometimes you just need to turn around and do something else. And then... You realize, oh, I can just walk around the wall, and you'll be much happier. Yeah, you'll be much happier. And right? and there were things in my life at that time that I was really, you know, trying, like disappointed, right? Just disappointed. And what happens is, is when you focus so wholeheartedly on trying to force something to happen that's not supposed to happen for you, you don't hear these people over here saying, "Hey, come do this mm. thing. Hey, come do that thing. Mm. Hey, do you have time to do this?" And you're like, "No, I'm doing this. I'm making this thing happen." And when you put all your energy into this thing that's not happening, maybe those people over there who are inviting you to go do something are going to change your life, are going to introduce you to someone who's making this thing happen, right? God God isn't just talking to you directly. He's He's approaching you from all angles. Because those people are just opportunities. So it's opportunities coming to knock you, knock on your door saying, while you're trying to... Hi, And you're like, no, I'm going to knock this you, you, You're digging this hole and they're like, head. you don't need it to go. You're like, I'm fucking digging yeah. a hole. And they're like, you know, if you just come over here, you can hop on <laughs> yeah, a helicopter. Listen, we're good. We're you, can, be, yeah. you can hop on the helicopter with us. But and you're we're gonna so go stubborn and then it becomes bitterness yes. and it becomes... And I was getting there in certain ways. You yeah. know, uh, there's other... Like I said, I practice a lot of art forms. I've been a working artist my entire life. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, not that I have any advice for anyone, but but what I do know is that when I started emceeing, when I started putting myself out there and owning that I was going to do this thing, it's just like everything fell into place for me. And I'm not saying it's easy because that's different. It's mm. not easy to no. do what I do. No, it's not it's easy. a tremendous amount of work. Yeah. It requires a lot of sacrifice. It's not always fun. And like it, you said, there's a lot of things as a woman I deal with that people don't deal with. But... That being said, the actual act of doing it yeah. is just absolutely easy. And and there was a moment where I was trying to stop doing music. I'll tell you a personal story. I was trying to stop doing music. Um, I think I sent you a song called On the Floor. That's a single that's out. Mm-hmm. Um, I went. I, I basically like ran away, went to New York. I checked myself into an Airbnb in Brooklyn. I was out in Brownsville, um, which actually like now poetically, I love that that's where I was staying for about a month. And I was just by myself and I was praying to God to stop sending me music. I kept praying like, please don't send me any more lyrics. This is just too confusing. I don't know what to do with this stuff. You know, I just, I don't know what to do. You know, Mm -hmm. I can't even make a decent beat. You know, I put Mm -hmm. this tofu thing out and people made fun of it, right? Mm -hmm. I put it out there and people, my music friends were just like, had everything to say about why it was terrible, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I got on the train that morning and I had been really praying hard and I wrote on the floor beginning to end. I got off at Columbus Circle and I was literally at Columbus Circle off the A train crying, going, well, now what do I, why would you send me this song? And as I walked up the stairs, DJ Specs, who made that beat out of nowhere, I hadn't seen him in months, I probably met him a year earlier, I said, hey, I, I made you a beat, I hope you like it. And I put my headphones on and that's literally the song right there. 
that that song is that song and i remember walking through central park and i went i have a very special rock in central park i will never reveal where it is but a very special rock and i went and sat there and i talked to god and i just said i know you want me to do this make it easy make it easy because if it's hard i can't do it it's already too hard I'm gonna cry. I don't want to cry on your podcast, no, but, but just a- telling you that story, it's like, and I and 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 from that, I mean, honestly, from that moment onwards, I just, I I said, okay, I'm just gonna do this mm-hmm. thing to the best of my ability, and I'm gonna put it out there, and I'm not gonna judge it. I'm gonna let my music be received how it's received, because as an artist, you know, as someone who's done enough art in their life, I know the last thing you should ever do is try to quantify qualify judge your own art Mm. it's your job to make it put it out let it be Mm -hmm. do your thing let it be Mm -hmm. it came out that way for a reason it's not your job after a dance show Mm -hmm. to go around and pull the audience and ask them if they liked your dancing Mm. it's not your job after a hip-hop show to go around and ask people did you like my lyrics did you like my beats like no your job is to put your thing out there connect to who you connect with and then move on with your life. Do mm. the next thing, right? Do the next show. Do it's, the next song. Do the next thing. Unexplainable force <clears throat> that provides the light for you when you're writing or when you're dancing or when you're painting or whatever it is. It's this undeniable um, energy that wants to speak out. It's yeah. the universe isn't done expressing itself, and and it's gonna choose Jenny. It's gonna choose Blank, and it it wants to put out what it wants to express. Yep. And it's gonna find a, someone to do it. It's gonna be you, and it'll be knocking on that door. It'll be knocking, and sometimes it'll stop knocking. It'll move on to somebody it, else. Ideas. I I like anthropomorphize ideas. Mm-hmm. I believe that ideas um, are their own things. And if something comes knocking for me, and I ignore it long enough, it will go find someone else. Well, it it's will a go. cultivation of the universe leading up to it wanting to express itself yeah. in any way. And uh, when the universe knocks, I mean, 99% of people don't know that it's knocking. It's hard to understand it knocking. It's 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 difficult to even know what to do once you open the door. Like, well, well, what's the point? But but th- but there are those that are so in tune with it that it chooses that. It almost ex- chooses to express itself with their, uh, from them because they know it's a good outlet. The universe. Well, and this is why, like, it. I practice so many different art forms. Yeah. Is because when things are coming to me, I've got to really quickly figure out: is this a poem? Is this a screenplay? Is this a movie? Mm-hmm. Is this a song? Is this a beat? Is it a dance? Is it just a gesture? You know, yeah. what is this thing that's coming to me? Mm-hmm. And the more tools you have the the more things come your way like the the flow just happens if you are always in that state and if you're always trying to fight it or if you're not practicing the correct art form yeah right eventually hopefully you come around to the right one Mm -hmm. but but also like if not, it also too, it'll 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 itch at you for so like uh, music has itched at me my whole life. Uh, like to- my tofu song for ten years. Yeah, ten years I would sing it'll that song. It'll keep bugging you I would drive it, around until you singing that thing the way for ten. That it wants yeah, to be expressed. Yeah, ten years I would 100%. sing, and I was like, uh, and and uh, this is actually the the first time I actually performed that song, and actually performs in front of people really. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I got on the mic at um, do you know where the uh, De Poetry Lounges sure. like in Fairfax High School? Yeah. Okay, so it was packed to the gills, uh-huh. like it's packed, sitting on the floor, 
and I did the tofu song for that room. Dope. It's the first time on a mic like that. Yeah. I don't pick like an open mic in a coffee shop uh-huh. with like you no. know three people. <laughs> it's at you the know? lounge. No, yeah. I go when there's 300 people sold out. You know. Yeah. And and it was like I did it, and I was like, "Yep." That was it. That yeah. Was that like, was exactly what I was like. I needed a beat. Yeah. I was like. Beat, no beat, didn't matter. I was like, this is the song. I'm it's hit. easy to romanticize being an artist. It sounds awesome and all that stuff. But oh, it's in, terrible. In reality, it's terrible. In reality, what I tell people is being artistic kind of sucks, bro. It's horrible. Um, because, again, it'll, it, it'll, it keeps bugging you. you don't know, you're not ever sure if it's the right outlet. Um, also, or what it's trying to tell you or what it's trying to say. And um, it's a lot of hard work to not work for somebody else or to live it's on impossible. A, as an artist it's almost it literally it impossible is impossible i will say to anyone listening to us right now and i tell this to everyone whenever I've, I've i've been invited to like talk at high schools and things like that if you can do anything else in life do it yeah if you think you know what i could be a lawyer i could be a doctor i could manage a starbucks do that instead let's say lawyer you're gonna anything. have an easier anything. time being a lawyer because at least it's defined. At least anything. It's, there's a million other lawyers who have walked a million other ways because this is the way it needs to be done. In art, there's literally no other Jennies. No, there's and you no have other to- concepts. None of them have come. We have to find our pattern. We have to find our our voice. We have to find the energy. We have to find a release. And sometimes people don't find it, and those and those people just. You know, two people lose their minds. You know, it, 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 you, it'll pick you at you. You lose your mind. And also, like, I think the other thing that is important. To make something that looks dope, ultimately. That's yeah. all it is. Yeah. I, th- all we want is to say, that's dope. That's yeah. it. That's it. We yeah. don't give a shit. Anything else. As long as we make. And that and that drive of making something dope. I don't know. I'm so grateful for it. And at the same time, it's like, motherfucker. Like, you know, I see my friends and they're having such a joyous time. And, and I'm a... You know, it sounds bad, but like such a simple existence of like, okay, I'll go to work, I'll come back, my day's over, that's it. I have no other. Every need. artist has the fantasy of moving out of state <laughs> and working at a bank, and like, I mean, literally, like, there's an entire, um, there's entire genres of music where people fantasize about these other lives, and like, uh, yeah, and like, yeah, for me, right. you know, right. I will say that one of the things that people don't understand is that. I, when I say I've been a professional artist my whole life, I can tell you 8,000 billion different jobs I've done in this lifetime from cleaning hermit crab t- tanks to bartending to retail, which is always one of my favorite go-tos. I've been a kung fu instructor. Mm-hmm. I've worked as a film executive. Mm-hmm. I spent you know a good solid 10 years in an office as an executive working on feature films. So like I've worked in addition to being an artist mm-hmm. to support myself my entire life mm-hmm. yes you occasionally strike gold and get hired to do something or this you know but you have to feed yourself you have to eat you have to have a car you need to have the ability to when someone says do you want to go do a show in tokyo to say yeah i'd like to go do a show in tokyo mm-hmm. and be able to pick up and go and do it yeah and you can't do that if you're always struggling so this this idea that artists need to be these struggling human beings that are you know barely able to make rent and stuff is such this like romanticized bs thing that is actually not relevant to today's society at all i think you create the best art when you're well fed you're well rested you have a place to live you're not worried about your kids eating like this is this is like um for me a very important point is that i think 
you can create art anytime you want in your life, right? You can be living anywhere and create art. You can be in any economic circumstances and create art. But first and foremost, you have to be taking care of your earthly self because if you're always in danger or if you're always living in a place or a state of mind where you're worried about your next meal, for example, or your rent or whatever, you're never channeling the highest form of art that you can channel. And so getting to a place where you're like able to actually fully realize your art is sometimes going to make your art go faster, right? Sure. You're, you're going to be creating at a higher level. Because you're not, you don't have to, you, you can give it a, your full attention. Yes. Yeah, so right? like, As I opposed think, to having to also have your mind on this, you can I think people focus. do things a little bit backwards, right? Mm. Like, for example, if you want to. Um, well, because it, cause it, it, it doesn't stop knocking. So you're figured, all right, head on, fuck it. I yeah. guess I'm just some lonely struggling artist in my van now. No, instead of like get yourself situated yeah. and then you can focus that energy. Yeah. And and one hour of focus a day where you're fully focused on your art. Say you go work a terrible job, right? Yeah. I've I've done this. I when I was working as an executive, I really wanted to be screenwriting. And so I would wake up at 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. to write for one hour a day. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I would take my lunch break and write for one hour a day. And that one hour of a day is going to be more productive than if I was spending all 40 hours of the week trying to do 30 different jobs just to pay my rent, sure. right? Yeah, like, 100%. So yeah. it's like, I think there's this like image of artists struggling and being, you know, really torn in all these things. And I'm like, that romantic notion of artists always living on the edge and living on the precipice of self-destruction is like great for Mm. like old-timey painters and you know maybe some irish playwrights who drank themselves to death (laughs) right but like but for modern humans like hopefully we've evolved to a place of better mental health i mean if you're artistic you tend not to be uh like genuinely interested in like the the, uh, all the stuff that comes with money I don't think money itself it's it, like I don't feel like if you're like genuinely you're you don't have any rush to get it to a money to a level of money so you don't think that way so well, here's you the end other up thing I think struggling is, yeah here's the other thing I think is silly though when people are like you know as an artist they're like I want to make it or like whatever and I'm just like yeah you're gonna make more money doing anything other than art. If your goal is to make money, yeah, literally is- go work at Starbucks. <laughs> you will make people who work at Starbucks yeah. probably make. If if I had been working there the past twenty years, I'd probably like own multiple homes at this point. You yeah. know, like I think that like what 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 for me is always the thing that I operate on is that like taking care of myself as a human first, but then also like understanding that the work only gets harder the work only gets more taxing my schedule only gets worse as i get older Mm -hmm. like you know i can't even imagine 20 years from now if i'm doing all the things i want to do i'm going to be operating on such a level Mm -hmm. that they'll probably just have to put an iv in me to feed me right Mm -hmm. because like like even now as it is um you know when people say like that they that they're working really hard or trying really hard at something i'm like if you have time to go like sit around all day and do nothing mm-hmm. or like go get drunk with your friends multiple times a week you're not working hard mm-hmm. in my mind right mm-hmm. i'm like because that's how i've always operated like it's not that i don't have friends it's not that i don't carve out social time or all that good stuff but there's an element of like 
you you need to operate at a certain level to keep all the things spinning at once. And you need to take downtime, but you also like there's a level of 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 uh being present in the moment so that you can move from one activity to the next yeah. without um falling apart. And, and it's important to to kind of like um also to point out like not everyone to everyone takes their artistic um inspiration differently so the, the people will be able to respond with a very stressful life and still deliver a certain level of art yes. but other people need that peaceful art to deliver the same amount so i'm saying so like absolutely you, it, 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 when jen when jen is talking about it is this is oh, through her spectrum so oh uh, it's all my this is uh, i mean again 100%. i can only speak yeah. from my you know and again like i said i don't think i've necessarily had a normal relationship with art because i've started off at such a young age mm-hmm. and i was working professionally at such a young age yeah it's so, a very unique situation so yeah right. so when people like so you have a unique perspective and more mature of it because you've been around it long enough as a as opposed to the people that who's just awakened to their to their itch from art yeah they're like, gonna I think- be like oh fucking full steam ahead and you're like listen i've been doing this long to tell you that is not a good idea. You're gonna run right into a wall. Relax. This is the this is the best way. And, and, and because of your perspective, I thought that this was important to have you on because um, I don't know what the fuck is happening in this country, but like I like I, I'll read the news, I'll watch TV, and I can't believe that I'm living in 2021 in in, in U.S. This is America, right? Did we what the what in the twilight zone? What the fuck is going on? The the abortion. All of it. All I, Not, I, I can feel your. I want to like hold your hands right next. I just like I feel listen, your frustration. I feel and, it. And it's important to point out that I am okay. Yes, that I am a male. I have, I have no, no way of even understanding or beginning to understand the complexity of emotions that it takes to decide to have an abortion. Like I, I would never be able to comprehend. So I'm not pretending to be that, but. I also believe that like um, there should be standards and morals and regulations just like any other medical procedure and all that stuff. Oh, 100%. I don't think you should willy-nilly be able to just fucking get an abortion at a Walmart. That's not what I'm saying either. So the spectrums of these people fighting at each other, I think, has come to a point where what the fuck? Like you, you're going to like unconstitutionally mandate shit towards a human being that's um, toward, like American. Let's go American. Okay. Not only is it just shitting on the Constitution left and right, I don't understand who voted yes on this. This is Texas, right? It's Texas, is the American state. Fucking Lone Star. This is yes. What? What? What is happening? How dare you? Here's my fucking dictate. I don't. I don't necessarily. And like- then, and then, and then the, the, and then the audacity to be to say, hey you as a person not even the person affected if you as a neighbor know of someone you can now sue that person for going to get the abortion including the driver that took her there so rat her out so that you get money that is a, that is true i'm not making that up that is a real thing that in the state of texas as of today or as of four days ago you can do that you can call the cops true on a female american and say hey she went to first of all what business is it to what she went to go do in what clinic well it's an assault on women right i mean at the end of the day the the again the abortion thing yeah. is is i don't i know i've lost the thread i live in california yeah. right in california in new york we don't hear about anything 
when when there's elections, we don't hear about anything that affects us because our states don't matter. We're not in swing states. Yeah. So we only hear about the things that affect people in swing states, right? And the only things that we hear about are things that are just like already sorted out in our state, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like we go to the store, uh, we have to ask for stra- we have to ask for a straw, right? Because we know climate change is real. We know the environment's effed. Like, like there. Whenever there's elections every four years, all we hear about are these issues that affect people in swing states where they're not really sure if women are equal yet, right? They're not really sure if all humans are equal yet. They're not really sure, you know, if science exists. Or if, you know, God created the earth in X amount of days. So, like, you're dealing with states that are talking about issues that just, quite frankly, I don't care about. Like, I stopped caring about these issues, as should have most people, when they sorted it you out mean, in the Supreme you, Court. You, you mean you figured that as a, as, a, as a rational human being, everyone can come to the conclusion... Yeah, like we Th- need to, these like, are simple, basic, understandable yeah, like, needs like, and regulations. Like women like, are human beings. Yeah. We're half the population. Yes. Right? So when you're doing things, you need to consider that half the population is female. Yeah. Period. But, right? see, the, but the problem so, but, is, well, and, and not to put the blame on anyone, is there are females who voted for this to pass. Well, we, live in a, we, live in, we live in a patriarchal culture, right? Yeah. We live in a patriarchal society where people's education and from a young age people are conditioned to feed into certain modes of existence and whether it's media or school or politics women are consistently treated as not equal to men period there's no you can't even argue it like it's just a fact we have our first female vice president right thank goodness like you know so you can't even argue that that's not true. Mm-hmm. And there is an assault on women right now because when half the population sees that in order for everyone to be equal, they got to give up something. There's X amount of resources, X amount of jobs, X amount of this, X amount of that. So if if this half is going to come be equal and come to the table, some of you are going to have to give some stuff up. Right? Whether it's money, some whether it's places, whether it's a spot on a show as an MC, some of you are gonna have to give something up when the women come and mm-hmm. play. And so it's easier to squash half the population and keep that half of the population not equal. And there's ample amount of examples of this that play out in our society mm-hmm. on a regular basis. Yeah, this is the most latest. It's just this is about women's bodies, which feels very personal and intimate, and it feels um, because it's connected to our health, mm-hmm. it really is an assault on female bodies. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I choose not to engage with it because... I try not to. I try not here's to. Here's what I do. I combat it with my music. I combat it with my art. As you should. I combat you it should, with being speak who I... I combat this by being who I am. Yeah. I combat this by going into the world with with opinions, with a, from a position of power. Yeah. And speaking on what it is to be a woman and what that means and a lot of people um you know for example when someone asks me something like what's it like to be a female mc right or what's it like to be a female artist there there is inherent in that question a difficulty and an offensive tone to it because no matter how they say it what they're saying is how dare you come do this thing that only men do What's it like being you in my world, right? Mm-hmm. When a man asks you that, they're saying, what's what's it like being a girl in my world mm-hmm. where you don't usually come? 
Mm-hmm. It's like saying it's like saying to someone who looks a certain way, what's it like being, you know, a golfer like this or what's it like being a tennis player like mm-hmm. this or what's a, you know, and when when people ask that of women, what's it like to be a female MC? I don't take offense because mm-hmm. I know that that person has grown up in the same society I have and I know that they in their minds are asking something genuine, right? They're not trying to be a jerk, I hope. But inherent in that question is the added thing of you shouldn't be doing this. Mm. You think so? Always. Mm-hmm. Because there's not that many of us. That's why they're surprised there's that you aren't doing There's not that many of us, yeah. right? Like I've been at so many shows. I mean, this happened to me last week. It probably happens twice a week at shows mm-hmm. like where someone will come up and ask me like what I'm doing there. If I'm the bartender, you know, they ask uh they ask, you know, like uh what kind of music do you do? Mm-hmm. I do I'm an MC. Yeah. Oh, but, you know, but, so like, so I'm just saying that I'm using it as an example because yeah. I'm saying that like inherent in the the abortion conversation is the fact that you have to look at society as a whole that has been raised with this, this paradigm and it's starting to shift. But as things shift, people are hanging on extra tight. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's, and, and there's They're women. fighting ha- tooth and nail. There's women hanging on extra tight because if you, this is a problem. If you tell, for example, if you tell everyone that they're equal, right? We're not all, we're not, we all are, are we are all equal. We are not all equal in many ways. But I'm saying like, if you're, if you go out into the world and you say to um, men and women, we are all equal. We all have the same worth. It's simply not true mm-hmm. in terms of the practicalities of resources, education, mm-hmm. socioeconomic things. Like yeah. it's just simply not true. Yeah. It's like saying it's like saying, you know, race things are just not existent, mm-hmm. right? It's like you can say whatever you want about women. You can mm-hmm. say there's women in the workplace. You can say that there's women doing these things and look at this one woman who did this thing. Mm-hmm. But that's not the norm, mm-hmm. and it's still not the norm. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know. So I really feel like when these issues come up as a woman, I have to I have to take a step back, and I'm not speaking for all women. I can only speak for myself, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can only speak for what it's like to be a woman in my circumstances doing what I'm doing. Right. So what, what I was... Uh what I wanted to, to get your perspective on was th- that I don't think people are focusing in what's happening is they're misdiagnosing. What happens is we like to make everything personal. So there's we misdiagnose issues when we should be really asking different questions. But the reason is that because race and sexual and your body is such a personal thing, you automatically take it like it's going against you. And let me give you an example. So like... Uh, uh, the police brutality thing that everyone was like, right? What I what I would what I would tell people to to look on is look past the racial bias, right? Like look past that. You can't because you can't fix races. I can't, you when somebody when someone is racist, you can't fix that. That that's an issue that that, that maybe they'll come to realization down the line. Somebody, all that stuff, but they're racist. It, 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 that that's essential. What you can fix is the way that they're trained, the police culture, regulations, laws, stipulations. Those things you can change and they can take real effect real soon. Instead of trying to say, hey, we don't want any racist cops. Dude, you can't. That, that's unavoidable. What you can do is say, we need we need reform of training. We need, all I'm saying is look past the personal thing. And this is the same thing that I would that I would say to females in this in these moments. It's look past 
the personal issue and look at the reality of what's really happening and that way you can uh, uh you you can change you can make uh, you can affect change easier faster by going through the stipulations and laws and stuff instead of saying oh you know you shouldn't attack me because i'm a female you should find like a clause a legal clause to be like look fucking it is undebatable and what i mean by that is it's become apparent as an adult and i did not want to be this way i didn't know uh what but politics have have just been embedded into our society and you're just in, in embedded with them through your social medias and all that stuff so you can't avo- avoid politics but it's become very apparent that there's one party in the last four fucking eight years who is doing apparently their best to destroy america and i don't understand how people wake up every day and walk around and be like i'm republican now like i do i, I don't i, I understand hold, hold, on, hold, on, hold, on, hold on so what i'm saying is what i'm saying is yes they're because they're holding on tooth and nail so it's understandable almost is for the next generation of people looking at them who's gonna go you know what i think republicans is the way to go bro i think they have some good ideas you know the type of people that think that are not the kind of people you want running shit and that's the problem but so to me i would say hey, hey yes it sucks that they're, but look at and who are you voting for next time who is who needs to be removed who needs to be fucking recalled who needs who because that's what you need to do right now because right now they're literally attacking your civil rights forget that you're a female as an american citizen they're 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 stopping you from doing something that 50% of the population can go do which is have a medical procedure done without any stipulation me as a male I can go and say hey I want this enlarged I want that change whatever no one's voting against it there's not fucking rallies no one cares about that but a female goes to get uh, her medical procedure of her choice and it's up for stipulation it's up for debate it's a legal you know what I'm saying and that's the issue so I would advise females to now this is the moment to look past the personal issue and really attack them where it hurts well, I think the other thing, too, that, that um, you know, I think that it's an attack on a vulnerable part of the population, you know, someone who's in a position where they need a med- medical procedure yeah. and can't get it is very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And now they've taken a very vulnerable person and in order to make a point about women not being humans and not being equal they've they've made that the issue because it's spectacular and it's Mm -hmm. sensational Mm -hmm. and you know i i personally like i said i try to stay away from all the political stuff i don't have big opinions about much of any of it um this is what this is what they'll say they'll say is that you're not evolved enough to understand that's what they'll say when the reality is you can't buy character and you can't buy morals and you can't buy being a good person. You can't purchase that. And no matter how rich you are, you'll never be able to buy that. And that's the problem. They're, they'll they'll tell you is that you're not... Uh, Who's they? Who, the, the, the people pitching the idea of why abortion should be... Well, I just, a, a again, I don't, like, I don't really... I, I, look, I think people can say whatever they want about abortion. I'm talking about the bigger issue of people not, like, they're... The idea that but people- I'm saying it's a mightier, it's a it's a it's a it's a holier than thou, and that's the only rationale that well, they have to it, fight. It this. all stems from individuals' lack of self worth and lack of self esteem. The only reason that you go and vocally support or identify with a political party like like whatever's happening in Texas mm-hmm. is because 
you personally feel like you need to identify with something to have relevance in this world. Mm -hmm. So the most vocal people in that party and the most most Mm -hmm. vocal people in both parties, Mm -hmm. the most vocal people sometimes are the ones who are just searching for a tribe or community online. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's a very vocal minority online that exists doing a lot of damage in our society right now through social media. Mm -hmm. And I don't necessarily think that they're indicative of what real people think Mm -hmm. or feel. Mm -hmm. They're just people that are on there trying to either gain relevance or or things like that. And so I personally look at all of it as like, like you were saying, I think people can vote. I think that's all people can do right now is vote. I think people can be proactively in their communities trying to change their communities' minds. I think that people can be involved in local politics and local issues. I think people can get involved with, you know, Planned Parenthood and raise money for them and Mm -hmm. things like that. Mm -hmm. But I, I think that... It's, I I don't think there's like, I guess, I guess for me, like the issue of things like climate change or abortion or, you know, immigration reform or things like, like these issues have already been settled. Like I'm in California. I'm not going to sit here and debate about, you know, whether or not a woman should be allowed to have an abortion in America. Of course she should be allowed to have an abortion in America. We've already established this. We've already done this. So anyone trying to turn back the clock or trying to rewind to a time when they were relevant is, you know, in my mind, like, A, not doing anything to help uh, America progress, but they're not doing anything for themselves. Like they're clearly operating. But it's still an a- issue, though. Even though, even though you feel that way. So what I would say is, now's the time to mobilize. Now's the time to do. Yeah, something I mean, if about I lived it. in Texas, because what's the next right that they'll take from females or from anybody blank? If this goes through, what is the next thing that they'll say? You know what? Because I don't like it. You can't do it. Right. And I and I think that everybody needs to do that in their own way. Like, what, plastic me, surgery? Maybe yeah. they don't like the idea. For so me, now like, evangelicals will be like, you they'll preach, oh, if God wanted you, he would have made you that way. So plastic surgery. And now, now, now they're going to ban. See what I'm saying? It's, it's such Yeah, for a- me, it's like I combat things yeah. like this. I don't combat these things online. Uh-huh. I don't combat these things in interviews. I don't yeah. combat these things in newspapers. I combat them through my art. Mm-hmm. Right? What, what I combat, I combat the evils in the world through who I am and mm-hmm. through what I create. Mm. I don't combat that by going around and arguing with idiots online. Mm-hmm. Like that's just not my style mm-hmm. because I think like, A, it's a waste of your time. Mm-hmm. It's a waste of your energy. But B, I don't think that they deserve my oxygen. So, so, so I, you know, these types of things to me, not, not, I'm not saying talking to you, but I'm yeah. saying like when it comes to like what they're all doing and yelling about over yeah. there, it's not that I am not doing anything about it, right? I just don't personally need to run out there and start screaming my head off because that's not how I combat things. That's not the way it's gonna get done I'm, anyways. You know, yeah, yeah it's like yeah. it's like for me, it's about, um, especially when it comes to women's issues and things, right? Like, I don't need to go do a TED talk on how women should behave and what they should and shouldn't do. I don't need to go talk to, people about what I think they're doing wrong or right. Mm -hmm. I need to do what I think is right and live how I think is right and be an example of that. Mm -hmm. And hopefully that influences someone, right? Maybe a little girl looks at me and goes, oh, I can do this or I can do that. And I I always say this, like people should be their own superhero. Be the superhero that you needed when you were a teenager. Be the superhero that you needed when you were scared to do the thing that you're now doing. And so whenever I get on a stage or get on a mic or have an opportunity to speak like this, I try to speak from a place of 
who did I need to hear five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, right? Who did I need to hear and what did I need to hear? And that's how I No, live. I like it. Be the change that you're talking about. I'm with be you. The, yeah, yeah, be the be change. Be the change that you Yeah, want. be the change. And it's like, and again, I think that not, not to like veer too far off what the issue we're trying to talk about. It's not that I don't care. It's just that I, in this moment don't feel like I want to waste oxygen yelling about it because it. Yeah. because because truthfully I can vote I can go do the things that I do as an activist I can go do those things but but and I can and and, and I think most importantly I can try to understand why people think and feel a certain way and meet them on that level through my art right sometimes I'll go into a space and I'll feel a vibe or people will be fighting or whatever. And sometimes the best thing you can do is, is like for me, do a song about God. She's like, hey guys, I hope you don't mind. I'm gonna talk about God right now. I'm like, what? I'm in a bar. Yeah, I'm gonna talk about God. Like, mm. while well, you guys are like about to get in a fist fight, you know? And it's, <laughs> it's like, the best time. you can change the atmosphere sure. with your art, yeah. right? Yeah. And like, I, d- I directed a film called Club Rats. We used it to raise money for the Rape, Abuse and Incest National Network. Um, it was about female empowerment. The movie is about women who are taking their power back from, um, you know, certain circumstances. You can watch it. It's on Amazon. It's a short film. It won a lot of awards. But for example, making a work like that, um, that deals with rape and, and, and assault, and putting that into the universe is going to do a lot more good for the conversation than me going and yelling at some dude on Twitter who's like, again, yelling at people on Twitter is fun. No, you're right. But yeah, yeah. for me, I'm going to make a powerful piece of art and mm-hmm. put it out there. And then I'm going to be able to speak on the issue when I go to festivals or when I meet people or when they see the film. No, I'm with it. And that's why I wanted to have you because I know you're a doer. I, you're, I believe in doing. You're, you're, you believe in doing. You believe in in. Um, ultimately, you're a creator. You want to create. It, it, it's coming out of you. Mm-hmm. It's spewing out. You're just trying to figure out what's the best way to to personify that whatever it is that keeps bugging you. In your brain. Well, I think I think also like I think having you know I have a vision for where I'm going, what I'm doing. Mm. It's not as haphazard maybe as some people think it looks. Yeah. it's very calculated yeah. actually. Well, that's you good. know yeah. I plan my years in advance. You have a five year plan. Um, I do and I actually I map out my entire year at the beginning of the year and it has like specific dates and benchmarks and goals and things and you know everything's going to change during it right Um, but I think that like good outline that's good it's a good outline outline. yeah but I also think that like you know for for men and women you know there is this element of like as an artist it's not I think people have a, a misconception that you just like sit around and these ideas come to you and then you put on jazz music on the record player and yeah. like paint a painting or something. <laughs> like I think people... In overalls. Yeah, the but I think people have this very uh, v- strange vision of like, you know, I'm, I'm, an, uh, like, I'm an MC, so I'm going to be sitting on the floor with my like notebook like... Or on a train, or you know, I mean, again, yeah, but and this happens. Sometimes this happens. Sometimes I'm like struck with the divine energy of pulling the car over and writing a song, but a lot of times you're just sitting at a desk, plunking away at a keyboard, or like plunking away on a piano, or like, you know, a lot of times you're just doing the work. And so I think that, like, I think for women, this goes back to being a woman, I think for women, women, 
a career in the arts is challenging in different ways. Things like, um, for example, having kids or having babies, like that takes an entire X amount of months out of your process, right? So whether you're a filmmaker or an MC or a, a dancer, you have to plan your entire career around these physical events that involve women yeah. that don't involve men. Mm -hmm. So, and we haven't as a society figured out ways to support or compensate or, or make sure that women, um, can mm -hmm. move and there's equity in our world. Mm -hmm. We've never done that. Yeah. And so again, I don't think it's like uh, black or white, but I think it would be a big, huge mistake for anyone out there to just look at women or look at someone like me doing what I want to do and say, oh, look, women are equal. Look, there's one female MC. Women are equal. It's like. We're done. Yeah. Pack it up. Yeah, and it's like, I feel like sometimes people put me out there as this example. <laughs> hey, check this like, out. So we're good now, right? Look, there's one female director, you know? Look, we hired one woman to yeah. write something, you know? And it's like, yeah, it's it's even when there's all women doing it yeah. because there's all, been all men doing it for mm -hmm. so long, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think, like, I don't want to gloss over, like, what it is, like, what the difference is between being a man and a woman even just doing shows, you know, I've talked about this with other people before. I think I should have this conversation with you, though, if you don't mind. I think it's important for people to hear this, that okay. that when I go to a show as a woman, it starts when I first get there. I have to figure out how to park my car, where I'm going to park my car. Am I close enough to the door? If my set time is 2 a.m., how am I going to get to my car? Uh, you know, I've got I've got to figure out and calculate how I'm going to get from the door to my car. You're talking about the safest route. The safest route, okay. yeah. Or like even is there parking, right? Mm -hmm. Do I have to park down the street a mm -hmm. mile away? Do I, mm -hmm. is this a safe neighborhood, you mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. Then when you get there, you know, you have that added elements of like, why are you here? Mm -hmm. <laughs> what are you doing here, sure. you know? And then you have the added elements of you're in a bar and you have people that feel free to say stuff to you all night, willy nilly. Like I've had people say stuff to me and you're just like, you know, at some point in your life as a woman, you get to the point where you can brush it off and move on with your life. But there's a microaggression that happens in society on a daily basis. It happens in offices. It's not just at a hip hop show. It happens in offices. You know, it happens when people comments on your looks or comments on your hair or your boobs or your whatever, you know, like whatever, whatever thing it is, you know, as a woman, you're just constantly getting these little things needled at you. Right. And like, you haven't even done anything yet. You're in a bar and you haven't even gone to the stage yet. You walked in. You haven't even gone to the <laughs> DJ booth to yeah. say, hi, I'm here, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's like, and then you finally get on stage to your set or whatever. Hopefully it goes great. Usually it does for me. I don't know about other people. I usually have a good time. And then, you know, you have that added elements of like, you're here for your job. This is your job. It's, it's a serious thing that you're here to do. And you're also having to manage and micromanage you know people's expectations of you as a woman and things like that and and why are you here like i can tell you like half the time you know it's fine and i feel safe and i'm always working with people who make me feel safe i know a ton of other mcs when i see them out they know to look out people walk me to my car you know but i'm one person and i'm very fortunate like i host my own radio show so people know who i am right yeah. so like i'm very visible whether i like it or not 
it doesn't matter. I, when, when I'm there, people will be, oh, hey, you know, and they'll walk me to my car. But that's not every woman out there performing. It's not every female comic out there performing. It's not every, you know, there's lots of women who work in entertainment who, who go through the same thing. You know, they pull up to do a play, right? They pull up in West Hollywood to act in a play that gets out at 11 p.m. And they have to go through this whole charade of like, yeah, and and guys, it's a reality that that I think guys don't appreciate. Never, um, you never have to think about that stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think about the dark alleys. You think obviously. about personal safety to like some dark, degree, right? I think about the you know, you still have those thoughts and those ideas, like you're of better off not to. But because it could, you, but the the first thing I'm thinking about is like get hurt or physical, or whatever. Like females, first thing you're thinking is, oh, I'm well, gonna, and I'm then you get in the bar, and I didn't even or, get to try try drinking, right? Try drinking. You order one drink. You're like, if I put my drink down, am I going to get roofied? Oh, my God. I got to go to my set, but my drink's here. Can I leave my drink on the DJ booth? I don't want to leave my drink there. They won't let me. Like, a lot of times I try to, like, sneak in a water bottle or something just so I know that I have a closed container that, like, no one's going to touch. But you're in a bar. You're putting your drink down to go to your set or whatever. You don't. You come back. You're like, I don't know. (laughs) Um and again, but I'm not saying this is the best that we've done. Though, and I'm Jen. not saying that I'm. <laughs> we 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 uh, we genuinely trying, and, and it just I I, I don't like I, you want to apologize for the way America is because you just like you know you feel really bad because it's supposed to be this country of like just like genuine happiness and pursuit of, of like your true self and like self reliance, and it's ultimately run by just like the worst fucking people, like the you know just bad people with like so. It's, super important jobs that are making things so much difficult for everyone because there's yeah. enough hold on, because there's enough people that think like them to where them talking and being that loud is gonna have an effect and, and that's the issue well and people aren't here's the other thing is like you can't blame everyone for everything all the time yeah. because people are not aware of culturally what they're growing up in right and so i don't necessarily walk around like lecturing people on why what they said to me was offensive yeah i don't walk around but i do know that when i have a moment where i can influence people or when i can change a mind or when i can have a conversation i try to have that conversation because maybe if i get one person maybe if i get you to consider this Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. maybe next time you're out at a show Mm -hmm. and you see me or another woman out there you'd be like and I'm sure you probably do this anyways because you're a nice guy. But like, you know, you'd be like, hey, do you want me to walk you to your car? Or like, hey, do you want me to like get you a new yeah. drink? Or hey, yeah. or you know, whatever. Like, like, and again, it's about people looking out for each other. And I, I think that. Um, well, like you said earlier, just be the change. Be the per- like, I, that's what I want. In like, I'll, I'll tell you a great example yeah. of something. I'll tell you a story. You want to hear a story? This is a juicy story. I haven't told okay. anyone this story, but I've been dying to tell Uh-oh. people this story because I just and I won't I won't I'll leave names out of it. I went to a show. And I, I, I went to go perform and there was comedy happening before. And I walked into the space and looked around and there was a male comic on the mic, probably, you know, about, about my age, same age. So it wasn't like younger, older. And he takes a look at me and he starts just like annihilating me on the mic, right? He starts and as he's doing it, I'm walking around saying hi to all the other MCs who are there. I go to the DJ, say hi to the DJ. So he sees I know people there, right? And like... I, truthfully I wasn't I was like listening to what he was saying but I also was just kind of reading the room like do people find this funny like what's happening and he was saying like really horrible things about my appearance he was making fun of my clothes he was make. I mean he just like decided to go on a tirade on me right and now it's it's worth noting I'm probably one of very few women in this room because it's a, it's a hip hop show a lot, not a lot of sure. women right? right so he just sees a woman in the door and decides to go for it uh-huh. so I had that moment where I was like okay do I 
do I get on the mic and like annihilate him and just like end it? Or do I do what's more me, be classy about it, and handle it privately? Like I'm gonna just mm. I'm gonna let him live. Mm -hmm. Like part of me was like, I'm gonna let him live, you know? And here's where I learned my lesson. So I went in he was leaving, I went into the lobby and I walked up to him and I said, Hi, I'm Jenny Jones. And you could see him light up. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I wanted to meet you because you seemed really interested in me and had a lot to say about me. And you just kind of see the color drain from his face. And I said, yeah, I said, I know you just thought you were being funny, but you know, and, and he didn't even really let me finish my set. I was just, I was, what, I, the, what I wanted to tell him was that you thought you were being funny, but in reality, what you were doing was actually really aggressive towards women and towards me specifically. And one of the reasons there aren't a lot of women here is because people like you think you can just comment on my looks willy-nilly, just do what you want, and it has no consequences, you know? And anyway, so as I was saying this sentence, he just says, fuck you, bitch. And I was like, whoa. And he, and like, it caught me off guard, right? Because I was being really nice, too. I was like smiling, you know? And he's like, fuck you, bitch. And he just like turns around to leave. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm trying to have a conversation. Long and short is, he ends up like running out the door screaming at me. And actually, I think, I think this gal was there, but like, so he's like screaming at me down the street in front of all these people, just what? screaming, F you, bitch, F you, bitch. As he's running down the street, right? And like, again, no one really does anything. And the whole thing looks kind of ridiculous because there's this grown man like running from me as if I was going to hit him or something. Yeah. And I wasn't. I was just standing there. That's so strange. And I was kind of laughing when it was happening. Yeah. Point being, twofold. One, I will handle it on the mic next time. Mm -hmm. No one will live. Two, um, you know, I'm not afraid of having those conversations. I'm really not. Like, I, I, personally, I personally think that I can have those conversations, but there's a there's a personal safety element mm -hmm. where he clearly went. Yeah, he went zero to sixty, yeah. and he could have turned around and punched me, right? Sure. He could have turned around just and one stabbed me. There, yeah. yeah, the the look in his eyes, and like, and I was like, whoa, I should have handled this publicly because yeah. then at least people would have understood. Yeah, because nobody really under had nobody understood why I was why he was running. Right, and again, I'm not, that that was like once in like. That's a crazy stuff. That's like once in a five years. Like that's that, insane. Stuff like that doesn't happen to me a lot. Yeah, yeah. But but I think that like you know, when I see stuff happen, I'm going to say stuff mm -hmm. at this point in my life. Yeah. Like I've lived enough. Good. Speak up. Yeah. I've yeah, lived speak enough. Up, say your truth. I'm not gonna go fight people. I don't want to start fights with people. I'm yeah. a very passive person. You saw I didn't even want to like argue with you about anything because yeah. it's just not who I am. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm yeah, just not but th this is good. I'm, we're getting to know Jenny in a, on a very very specific way, and I and I love the the perspective that you brought. Because like again, I, I would I, these are things that you're telling me. I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe that you. Ha this is like your everyday existence. You have to worry about just like basic human rights of like being safely walking just home, being like safe, like, like, like yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, like, yeah. and I lived in New York, right? So I lived in New York. So I have, um, I have a pretty like heightened spidey sense of like street mm. sense, right? Mm -hmm. So when I lived there, like I would ride the train and go all over. I, I went to school in the Bronx, like, mm -hmm. and you know. I, Part of my default was always like putting a hoodie on or whatever because then people can't tell if you're a guy or a girl you know you just pull your hair back mm -hmm. and i would say like a lot of times you know clothing for me i mean i dress how i dress i always just dress i like i'm a uniform type of person mm -hmm. like this is my uniform i wear it yeah but i would say that like you know i wouldn't necessarily go out and perform 
in certain attire uh-huh. because of all these things, mm. right? People are like, why don't you like wear a dress to rap? And I'm like, it's hard. And I'm like, I don't look like I'm inviting any comments wearing this. Like, <laughs> I don't know what part of you, yeah. you know, thinks I'm inviting something yeah. in this outfit. Yeah. Imagine if I, it doesn't matter. It doesn't Guys matter. Guys don't care. Yeah. And it's like, Guys don't care. And, I, and, I, and I'm not saying this to be anti-male. I'm definitely not anti-man. I'm not anti-woman. I'm not anti-anyone. Yeah. I just think that it's important for artists to remember that, you know, whether, whether a woman is trying to direct, right? Because this, this extends to directing too. It extends to acting. It extends to everything. Is that like, you go in and you, I view everyone as my coworkers, right? Mm. Like I'm in these scenarios, I'm here to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, yeah, I'm yeah. here to yeah, work. Yeah, 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 I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> like I'm here for my job. <laughs> like, and it's like the job is already impossible. Yeah. Now Being an artist is impossible. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like how many people like ha- get nervous going on stage, right? Like. I'll tell you, I went, I went to a show. I was really hot. And so I had like a jumpsuit on and I had it tied around my waist. And again, I'll never say names. Never, ever. I will never throw anyone under the bus. No, no. This is another thing is I keep it. I, I will never say people's names because it's more to make a point. Mm -hmm. Walked up to the DJ, handed my flash drive, went outside, wasn't hot anymore. Put the top part on, right? So I was fully clothed. Right as I'm about to do my set, they look at me and said, what happened? You're not hot anymore. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you just... Yeah. Track one, please. Wow. Yeah. Like, imagine. Yeah. You're you're going on stage to perform. And it's the last like, thing you want. <laughs> you changed. You don't look hot anymore. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I look like oh, a troll. Let me go do my yeah. set now, you know? Yeah. And and I think that like commenting on women's appearances is just sort of that little tip of the iceberg microaggression. It is. That, like, it's a microaggression. It's a, also a form of bravery. They're trying to see if they have the balls to do it. And I'm telling you from a guy's yeah, perspective. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'm, I'm curious what's of, going through someone's head who says so that. So what it is, it's... Uh, for, it's like oh, control. For, yeah, yes, it's control, but it's mostly... It's it's more self-centered than that. It's, it's more like, can I and dare I? So once you... You say, oh, yeah, yeah, like, I can do it. So you go and you go up to the girl and you start talking or you compliment. Before your compliment, your brain is going a million miles an hour and you're processing what compliment is going to work right or what's going to. Trust me, that's the way that. So when they, the whole goal is to see if they have the balls to do it. Right. It's so, uh, but it is a very, it is a microaggression because it's still them trying to be overpower you or have some kind of superiority over you by dictating that they like the way they look so you've pleased me at this time right right, right. and i think I like get it like and i think i think in, in 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 the industry too and again i don't want anyone out there to feel bad for me do not feel bad for me do yeah. not feel bad for jay jones jay jones is living the dream i am enjoying life i i but but it everything, is the reality everything i'm doing far exceeds all my expectations and your takeaway should be that i do it anyways your takeaway should be that despite all of these things, I do it anyways. At the level that and you're I doing do it at the level I do it at. Yeah. I do it with the enthusiasm that yeah. I do it. I do it with the love in my heart well, that don't, I do it. Don't let them take and I never let people I never let them take it away. But because I'm assuming a lot of your audience is male, yeah. I want the men out there, yeah. not the women, I want the men out there to hear that I am here 
I'm a female MC. Mm -hmm. My name is Jenny Jones. And anything you say or do to me at a show yeah. has literally no effect on me. I go out there and I rock my set. It's a and I thing. And I don't forget my words oh, and I shit. don't get confused and I do my set yeah. anyhow. And like, yeah. and that's, I, th I think that, I think if anyone listening should take anything away, it's that like, the amount of work that it goes into function at that level mm -hmm. is a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Right? There's yeah, a lot of tons. Like like if I was not well rehearsed, if I didn't know my music, if I didn't know my songs, if I didn't like feel confident doing what I'm doing, any of these things on any given night could throw me into uh a yeah, spiral sure. like a death spiral yeah. right you there's know there's a million reasons why you shouldn't be doing what you're doing yeah and you're still doing it and that's and that's and like and again that should be the takeaway yeah. isn't like men suck or women suck like no because I don't see it like that I have um I got a lot of brothers yeah and so I'm I'm not I, I would never speak from any sort of like anti-male standpoint that's not who I am and I think that's a hard difficult it's a difficult thing to kind of separate because it, it you you want to speak about your truth, with, but you also don't want to sound like you're attacking or you're trying to be negative to somebody else's truth or the the the, the rationale you're giving, right? So like absolutely, like so, they like you look, still want to say it, but look, this is the truth. You, I'm sorry that it sounds that way and that it's happened so many times that you affiliated with that, but it's happened again. I will you not know? apologize for the patriarchy uh, running our society. Like yeah. we live in a patriarchal society. Yeah, we live. In a society where certain um, behavior and norms and stereotype are not only applauded, they are praised by the media. Yeah, they're praised by by. Well, it, by because but but also it, it, you can't. You also have to put the blame on because most some of those people are it's it's, it's voluntary. It's they're willing. It's it's almost you have like, to unlearn things. You right? have to. You, I'm always learning. I say the yeah. wrong thing all the time, and then I go back and learn the but right thing. You have thing. to learn, and people you have to, refuse to learn. It's when people they say, don't want to admit they're wrong, so there's no learn. There's no they don't learn anything. You'll appreciate this. One of my biggest pet peeves. I can't stand it when people say they never taught us that in high school. We didn't learn this mm. in high school. We didn't. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, how long have you been out of high school for? <laughs> 10 years? 20 years? You've had 20 years to learn the thing. Yeah. Learn the thing. Because you were in high school no one's four years of your and life. And now you have so. the internet. So, like, I didn't even oh, have the internet. no excuse Like, now. I had the library, yeah. you know? It's like, yeah. it's like, and by the way, get a library card, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it's like, when people use that as an excuse of, like, of, like, we didn't learn this thing, I'm like, okay, I understand if you went to a terrible school. Our education system sucks. Yeah. Like, most schools suck. They're terrible, yeah. right? Most kids leave high school like barely able yeah. to like function just in general and it's horrible. But then also at some point you're an adult and you yeah. need to take ownership of your 100%. education. Yep. And especially if you went to a good school, yeah. right? Then you really have no excuse. Well, there's like, no excuse now. Like you said, we have our phones. If we have an interest, we should you should be educated and disciplined enough to pursue those interests and like really dig them out. Street, every curve, you can block what you heard, that's the cure, wake the fuck up.